I'm Lee Rennick, Executive Director, CIO Communities for CIO, and I'm very pleased to welcome Sam Sebastian, Country Manager, Google Cloud Canada. Sam, welcome, and please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your current role. Thanks, Lee, for having me. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so for the last nine months, I, I, I'll give you a bit more background uh, on me uh, later, but uh, I've been uh, watching over our cloud business in Canada, which is going to be a huge opportunity. It already is. We've built up a great business in cloud, but obviously with everything exploding in Gen AI, uh, we're just the beginning of what's going to be a, a lot of fun over the course of the next couple of years. And so as head of cloud for Canada, we work closely with the public sector, with enterprises, with mid-market, uh, all the various different customers and communities that would touch cloud. Uh, and we try to bring the goodness of cloud to, to all of those players. That's fantastic. Thanks so much for introducing yourself. And, you know, obviously we host a lot of conferences and we have a lot of webinars and cloud is so prevalent right now with so many so many CIOs and technologies around, leaders around the globe. So I'm really pleased to um, have you here today. And we've really created this series to support the technology leader in their tech and leadership journey. So the first question, and I ask everyone this question, can you please tell us a little bit about your own career path and maybe provide some insights or tips on that road path? Were there any lessons learned you could share? Sure. I've been on mostly on the business side uh, of in my career. So I started out in accounting, then I moved over to consulting. I went back um, uh, and got my grad degree. And then as I was coming out of grad school, everyone was going to this thing called the internet. Um, <laughs> and this was before the bubble burst. And, uh, and so I went to an internet startup. We were going to go public. Things were going great. The bubble burst. Uh, we let go over half the staff. Um, I, I, I survived that. And then over the course of the next four or five years, we built the company back up. We had the right business model. And I just fell in love with the internet, the speed of digital um, advertising. It was mostly on the advertising side. Uh, and then uh, this little company that had just gone public called Google uh, called. And at the time, uh, they were about four or 5,000 employees. Uh, I, I, I was in the States. I'm originally American. Uh, and after probably 16 interviews in three different offices, I, I got a job at Google and I worked on the business side for eight years running various different verticals uh, um, at, at Google in the States. Then I moved up to Canada to run the country. Uh, we were only an ads business at, the, at that point. So I, um, uh, and I did that for three and a half years. And then I left Google after almost 12, uh, 12 years at Google to go be the CEO of uh, Pelmerex, which is the parent company of the Weather Network and a few other weather assets around the world. Did that for five. I just signed on for a couple of uh, uh, extra years and Google called out of the blue about, about a year ago and said, we'd love to have you come back to Google and continue to scale the, the cloud business, which has grown significantly since you left. Uh, and it's, it's got many of the same kind of principles and, and, and uh, kind of growth characteristics of what you experience in ads when you're here. Is this something you'd be interested in? And the opportunity to learn an entirely new space uh, was too good to pass up. So I, so I, I left uh, my post at Pelmerex and I, I came back to Google and I've been here nine months. And I think the, the, the thing that drove me back was the opportunity to learn uh, an entirely new um, uh, generally brand new space that was exploding uh, that required 
um, that required some professionalizing and building kind of the, the organization underneath that could support such a large, large business over time. So mm -hmm. I had some of the muscle memory of understanding how to do that on the ad side, but also the opportunity to learn an entirely new space, enterprise technology, which I had never really been part of. I had been part of advertising. And any change that I made throughout my career in the US or in Canada was usually just enough to make me feel kind of uncomfortable, uh, but also just enough to get me pretty excited because I was going to be learning something new. And at every point that I made a change throughout my career, whether it was from accounting to consulting to internet to Canada to, to cloud, it was uncomfortably exciting. And it would generally pay off every time because I would be learning, I would be re-energized. Uh, and so again, that opportunity came across again with cloud and all those lessons I had learned before about just focus on the new skill sets, the new things that you can learn inside of this opportunity, I decided to apply and uh, it's, I mean, it's paid off the last nine months of my head's been spinning, uh, <laughs> but it's because I've been learning so much and there's so much going on in this, in this ecosystem. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, it segues into our next question really well. But I mean, obviously, in your case, the lessons learned are really around continuous learning and just learning in both those spaces. But the next question I wanted to ask you about uh, is the role of the senior technology leader and how they really have had to pivot post pandemic to be both a business leader and technology leader. Now, I want to give you some anecdotal, you know, uh, words that CIOs have shared with me. So my first Canadian CIO said to me, Julie Levesque, National Bank of Canada, she said, the technology leader needs to be bilingual, you know, and they need to know both business and technology. So obviously you've had that background. I had a CIO uh, in the UK say to me, the technology needs, leader needs to be ambidextrous, same sort of thing, business and technology. Two other CIOs last week said to me, the CIO has to be a conductor. They have to do the orchestration. So again, they have to understand all the pieces of the business that come together and, and pull those together. And, you know, I was reviewing a report that IDC put out on the Cloud Pulse survey, and it reveals that some of the pressures on IT leaders are around cloud adoption and the macroeconomic economic pressures. So you know, I was wondering how you as a business leader have had to work to help deliver those challenging demands around the bilingual ambidextrous orchestration business leader called the CIO. And, you know, how do you support them? That's a great question. And I think, you know, honestly, the best CTOs, CIOs, technology leaders over time have been those that are kind of corporate athletes. They have the business, they have the technology, they can influence inside of an organization. Um, so the best have always had those attributes, but not everyone has had to have them. I would argue now everyone has to have these attributes, especially post pandemic. Um, you and resilience is also, I think, a key characteristics I've, I've noticed uh, in all of the, 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 the CIOs that I've worked with. So I think and, and, and much of this ties into the characteristics that cloud brings to an organization. Right. You have to be agile. Um, you have to be able to adapt. You need to be able to go in and out of things. You need to make decisions very quickly. The decisions that you make have high stakes, so you have to ensure that the systems that you that that you are uh, overseeing are secure. Um, they have all the right privacy features. You're building products based on privacy by design and other other attributes, and and that you're employing the best technology that the world has to offer, even if you're not 
a technology company. And that is, the, those, that is by definition what cloud offers, uh, in my opinion, to, uh, to organizations, this ability to take the best technology, the most secure, the fastest, the, the, fo the, the, the technology that gives you the most opportunity to scale and use it uh, and, and come in and out of it as you see fit. Uh, now, one of the great attributes of cloud is the ability, you don't have to buy a bunch of servers and, and put them on on-prem on and, and, and then guess what your demand is going to be. You can, uh, you can go in and out of cloud based on, on what the demand for your business is. Right now, for many businesses, you're in optimization mode. Uh, and so, you know, this is for, for, for players like us, it cuts, cuts both ways. When things are going, you know, going bananas and you're coming out of post pandemic and digital transformation is happening everywhere and the demand is there, you know, cloud usage is, and consumption is gonna go sky high. But when things slow down a little bit, it's great for the CIO and technology company or, or companies to have the opportunity to optimize and scale things back. Again, one of the characteristics and attributes of, of cloud. And, and we're in a little bit of that uh, mode right now. However, the overall um, percentage of workloads that need to continue to move to the cloud, uh, especially now when you think through all the Gen AI uh, use cases, it's significant. So even though right now, uh, uh, from an economic perspective, things be, uh, folks may be a bit more thoughtful, they might be moving a little bit more slow, they want a bit more certainty inside of their own business before they make big commitments. Over time, as things get better, cloud, um, uh, cloud will continue to grow significantly and will be defined uh, in areas that, you know, a few years ago, cybersecurity um, wasn't, as, wasn't as thoughtful inside of cloud. It was, right, well, let's just lift and shift our servers, we'll move them over to the cloud. But then we built all this great security offerings, the ability to lock things down if you use the cloud. Uh, now you can take advantage of those. That's all brand new. Gen AI, again, all brand new. So the definition of cloud and the tools that CIOs will have uh, opportunity to take advantage of will continue to explode. And so then as uh, their business comes back, the economy comes back, I'm, I'm fully confident that we'll continue to continue to see growth and we're seeing growth now. So, um, but I think in general that adaptability, resilience, uh, speed, agility uh, that a CIO has to have, cloud for the most part, answers all those same characteristics and has many of those same features. Yeah, and when you're talking about features that are added in now that used to be off to the side, like cyber, like some of the things you've talked about now, it's it's an overall suite, I guess, but going back to the orchestration, it's an overall suite of opportunities to to really support the, that CIO or senior tech leader and their company and their journey. Again, again, because it falls across many different parts of the organization, as you mentioned, they're not just a tech company, they're a company that uses technology to enhance business. So great answer, right. thank you so much for that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about continuous learning. I saw a great post from you um, around, you know, your own passion around continuous learning. There was a link to the Google Cybersecurity Certificate Program that was launched a while back. And, you know, you've partnered again with some amazing Canadian organizations, Canada Learning Code and ComIT to really build this entry-level security training program. And, you know, I'm certainly hearing from a lot of CIOs that skills training and upgrading are really essential right now to building very knowledgeable and productive teams. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about continuous learning and, and why you believe it's essential in tech. 
So both my parents were teachers, uh, so I grew up with this as just a core value inside of uh, our family. And like I mentioned before, my own career journey has mostly been driven by the want and the need to gain more skills and, and to learn at every point. So uh, it's kind of been natural for me. And frankly, this is one of Google's uh, core values as well. So, uh, um, but if you step back and you think about a CIO in their 40s or 50s who's, who's um, uh, who's been through all these various different evolutions of tech. Think of what they've had to go through, the massive paradigm shifts, that if they weren't agile and they weren't learning at every, uh, at every turn, they would be dinosaurs by now. So, you know, whether it was kind of big on-site computer serv uh, servers and mainframes that moved over to PCs, then it was offline to online, then it was kind of dumb phones and um, Palm Pilots to smartphones and, and the mobile uh, explosion uh, obviously, uh, on-prem to cloud and now uh, uh, AI and generative AI. So it, it, tech leaders, if they aren't um, on top of each one of these shifts and building up their skills for themselves, but also their teams, they, they just won't survive. They're just, they're, they're, they won't be relevant anymore. So it's a, it's a requirement to continue to stay relevant and do great work. Now, with cloud, because it's this ecosystem, You've got customers, you've got um, system integrators like big consulting firms, you've got players like ourselves or Microsoft or Amazon, uh, and then you've got a country of 40 million in Canada specifically where we probably don't have enough talent um, uh, all in, but now we need very specific talent in cloud and we have all these different ecosystem players that demand it. And so for our own growth, at Google, but but more so just in the overall ecosystem. If we don't raise the bar, build new capabilities, uh, whether it's on GCP or AWS or Azure or all these other various different point solutions, we're never going to be able to reach the um, the potential and the penetration that we feel is so important uh, for what cloud kind of brings to to companies. So. You know, we've set our own goal at Google uh, Cloud overall to equip more than 40 million people globally with the, 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 the skills that they need um, with various different programs in every country. We launched the, the cybersecurity certificate that you referenced uh, in Canada uh, and in also uh, other areas of the world uh, to ensure that we're giving folks kind of the, the basic education and infrastructure on probably one of the most important topics these days uh, around cyber. I'm nine months in and I'm building my strategic plan for the country. There's three or four pillars. The fourth pillar is capability building uh, because we're just not going to be able to get to where we need to without raising the bar for everyone. And that's, that, that's incumbent on us. The, uh, the, the Googles, the Amazons, the Microsofts, the Oracles of the world have an opportunity to, to, to train uh, the entire ecosystem and get them up to speed. Uh, and uh, for in order us for, for us to meet the opportunity, so it really is about huge demand and opportunity to uh, to kind of reset how far we can go within technology and all of these various different organizations. Uh, but it takes people who understand the technology, know how to use it, and lastly, I would say, in addition to the core skills, the the skills around change management, resilience, adaptability that is inherent in moving to the cloud. You have to give up kind of a previous mental state uh, of, of how, you, how you've thought about technology and adopt a new one. Uh, and so there are those soft skills that also need to come along. Uh, and so we'll use lots of 
uh, reference cases with customers who have made that journey and made that change and make sure that they're helping us talk to other customers about what's required for such massive paradigm shifts inside their organization. Well, congratulations on this training program. I think it's fantastic and everything you're saying around building skills with people. And, you know, a lot of people coming into tech don't often have a tech background or they haven't done a computer science background, but they have those soft skills. So recognizing that those are needed as well. And, you know, obviously in the end, benefiting your your customers in the long term with ensuring that people have um, designated skills to help increase cloud security efficiencies are really fantastic. Um, and we're gonna segue into the next question, which is about cloud a little bit more. So um, I recently hosted a panel at the IDC CIO Future IT Conference in Toronto, and it was on cloud and security. So, you know, many of the CIOs there, whether on the stage or others I just, we had chatted with, talked about cloud security, things like digital sovereignty, modernizing operations, you know, identifying threats as very key to their work. Any thoughts on some of these aspects of IT leadership and how they might navigate this with their C-suite leadership and their teams? When I was um, a CEO before I came back uh, to, to Google, probably one in every other board meeting we had, uh, we covered cyber and, and the potential threat of cyber, what we were doing about it, what our plans were, were we red, yellow, or green in our own checklists? Because um, those are risks that have crippled uh, companies worldwide, and we see many Canadian examples. And so um, it becomes a, it, you know, there, there's these new things, and we'll probably talk about Gen AI in a second, but Gen AI, cyber, these aren't technology issues. These are business issues and existential business issues that if 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 issues happen or if, or if opportunities aren't uh, taken advantage of, a business is going to fall behind. And what a great opportunity for a technologist and a technology leader to be able to shape kind of the, the, the those types of uh, discussions and decisions with the C-suite or the board. So number one, I think it's a huge opportunity that that every technologist needs to take extremely um, uh, that, uh, that take responsibility for, and it's a, it's a very big one. The good thing is you now have tools that you can take advantage of of the of the largest players who have often had the most technology threats thrown at them, like, like ourselves at Google, and who have, su have survived it and have been through all those battles, and now take that technology where, that we've used to lock down YouTube or search or any other way to kind of get into our, uh, behind our firewalls, and now we can bring that as a service and make that available to, to, um, uh, to companies. And that, that I think has been a big shift where number one, we had to come up with the tools and make sure we made them enterprise grade, enterprise level for, for, user, uh, for customers to take advantage of. But number two, the CIOs needed to be comfortable that with the cloud, you give up a little bit of control. You're not, you're not on top of everything and it's not always you making sure everything's locked down. You have to trust to a certain extent uh, someone else's set of solutions. And it's taken some years for that, for, for us to get there. But I think for the most part, we're over that hump. And now it's really just taking all of the opportunities that, uh, that, that various different cloud providers offer around security, around data, around AI, uh, infrastructure, et cetera, um, and, uh, and take advantage of it because it really does lock you down better than ever. And you've got to do that in advance of an issue coming up. You do not want to be on your back foot. One of our largest acquisitions ever at Google and, and certainly in cloud uh, was a year and a half ago with Mandiant, 
which focuses on 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 cybersecurity. Um, and those those are new tools now that we can bring to all of our customers because it's again, like I mentioned in the beginning, it's a board level issue. Thank you for that because you're right. Every board meeting, every meeting, I when I meet with CIOs, they're talking about that pressure at the board level. The understanding they need and and a lot of times when we're at roundtables we're talking about and when we got on our call we talked about this that you know the the word vendor is now changing to partner business partner and i think you know at google you're demonstrating that obviously uh with mandiant and 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 um i think that's a great way to segue into the next question because we're talking a little bit about the evolution of cloud and of course the one of the hottest topics out there right now which is gen ai and large language models and so but I'd really love to talk to you about all the ways you feel that AI will enhance cloud services. Yeah, so it, it's interesting. I've, uh, like I mentioned, I started at Google 17, 18 years ago, and probably the last seven, eight, nine, we've considered ourselves an AI company and an AI first company. And um, so working inside of a place like this and, and knowing that when you're searching YouTube videos or you're uh, looking for driving directions or organizing your photos, I know behind the scenes, it's it's AI that's that 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 is driving many of those product interactions. And but but there are many consumers that don't even recognize that products just work for you magically, uh, either at Google or many other places. But it really is all this advancement in in artificial intelligence. Much of that is driven by you know leveraging large language models and using. Um, uh, the neural network theory of, of machine learning, et cetera, to drive all of that. Um, but then it was probably six, seven months ago where this all just exploded out into the public uh, with ChatGPT that all of a sudden gave a consumer a, a, almost a front row seat uh, on conversational AI and to see what the impact was. But for someone who's been in this space for a while, it's been interesting to just kind of watch because really th th this has been there the whole time. But what also has been interesting is to watch how fast that consumer product inspired CEOs, boards, certainly CIOs, and, and almost all of the conversations I've had since I've been back at Google uh, with our technology partners is, all right, what's your point of view on, on, on Gen AI? What is the platform that you're building at Google? Because I'm getting questioned by my CEO and my board uh, on number one, how can I leverage uh, generative AI for cost savings or optimization or value creation in this current environment? Uh, number two, how can I do it? Uh, how can I use it to make my products better, to search faster, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's been a great opportunity for us right now to be able to re-engage with all of our customers on something that, again, is at the board level. Uh, and it's real. This isn't vaporware. This is real. We've had some of these products like um, contact center AI and a few others in the market for a while, but now you can throw tiger teams uh, and use a large language model and sit on top of our vertex uh, platform or, or um, other players I'm sure have similar solutions and spin up and create some really interesting uh, uh, product experiences in a matter of hours or a matter of days. And you don't have to be a data scientist in order to do that. Uh, and to t take advantage of, of the intelligence that comes along with AI. And we're already seeing industries transform with this, um, whether it's uh, tools to help you search inside your enterprise and, and have access to all the information inside of a organization just by asking a, a question. It's not, it doesn't need to be as detailed and difficult as it used to be. 
whether it's anti-money um, uh, laundering AI for, for the financial sector. Uh, we're seeing huge uh, take up in our collaboration software. So we've weaved a bunch of uh, uh, generative AI solutions inside of our workspace and our collaboration tools. Uh, and then we're working very closely with all of our customers on use cases. So what um, this is what the power of generative AI can do for you. You tell me a little bit about what that business problem is. Then let's get together engineer to engineer, build a proof of concept, and then figure out how to scale it inside the organization. Do we make your call center smarter? Do we uh, allow you to give on the front end of your website uh, uh, instead of kind of your old search? How can you ask an agent what to do? And then all of a sudden it can bring you back all this various different information. So a huge opportunity with lots of upside on both value creation, product experience, customer experience, uh, and potential cost management. Um, but we're just at the very tip of the first inning. There's lots of upside and lots of new experiences that we'll, that we'll have to figure out together. But like you mentioned before, it's a true partnership. So this is an ecosystem play. We're gonna have uh, consultants that will help define these use cases. We're gonna have big players like us that will provide some of the technology. Then we'll have uh, you know, point partners that will help deliver something maybe the last mile. And so it's going to be a really good opportunity to see how um, what was building as an ecosystem in cloud go to the next level, taking advantage of all these stakeholders that, that line up in, in the supply chain to create a really interesting user experience for a particular customer. It must be such an exciting time at Google. You must just love what you're doing. I mean, we launched at Foundry a Gen AI Academy uh, just last week. I mean, it's been worked with, it's been in the background and they've brought it forward. And now, you know, I was able to go, when you talk about engineer to engineer and creating solutions, I was, be able, I was able to go into a sandbox and play around with some new tech that we're developing. And it was so exciting. And, you know, so I can't imagine being at the forefront of it at Google, just having that opportunity to, meet with customers, really partner with them, develop these products and services and test them with people like me who are working within the company. So it's been really amazing and delightful. Thanks so much. Thanks Lee for having me. I appreciate it.